This episode of The Minimalists is 100% advertisement-free. So if you'd like to support this podcast, just visit theminimalists.com slash donate. We hope you enjoy the show. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Fields Milburn, and I'm by myself right now, but don't worry, Ryan will be here in a moment. Um, we wanted to give you a, a special quickie episode of the Minimalists podcast. So this is episode number five, and we're calling this one Priorities. And let's see, a, a few weeks ago, we, we recorded episode number three, and it was about children. But what most of you don't know is that was our second take of that episode. We just weren't very happy with the way the original episode turned out, and we, and we would never want you to to get a subpar episode of The Minimalists. But at the beginning of it, we had this really interesting riff about priorities, and it was unintentional. But Ryan and I just had this this great conversation about priorities. And because we got a, a phone call recently about, about priorities, we wanted to share that with you. So this will be a bit of a quickie episode, and you'll get our thoughts on how you prioritize a more intentional life. But first, I'd love to give you some updates, uh, not an advertisement by any stretch, but but certainly some updates on we have so much exciting stuff going on this year, and it all culminates in, in sort of this film we have coming out. So if you don't want to know what's exciting and what's going on in my life or Ryan's life, then you might want to fast forward a little bit because we're just going to give you a, a few updates really quickly. Uh, first off, uh, Ryan and I just got back from St. Petersburg, Florida. And it was an amazing trip. We helped our friends open a coffee shop in, in St. Petersburg called Bandit. And I'll tell you, before uh, they opened up that coffee shop, it was a bit of a, a coffee desert. And we're going to talk to you a lot more about that coffee shop in the future because the exciting news we have is we recently became partners in that business with them. So we will be spending a lot more time in St. Petersburg uh, in the coming months and years uh, helping them out with that business. But I'm so proud of what Joshua Weaver and Sarah Weaver and Chris Costanza have done to open that shop. They have done, I mean, they've just created this beautiful space that is very well curated, very intentional, and they're really passionate about what they're doing. And while we were down there, we did a documentary screening of our our film, uh, Minimalism, which will be in theaters in May. But that screening was a special charity screening because Ryan and I are right now trying to build this orphanage in Honduras with our friends from a charity called The Hope Effect. And we're getting really close to our goal. And actually, when this, this episode posts... Uh, we'll, it'll be the last day that you can contribute to that to that campaign. So if you want to help us build that orphanage, you can just go to theminimalists.com slash hope, and you can find all out all about the entire thing. So everything we did down in Florida recently, we also worked in, in the coffee shop for two days. 100% of our tips are going to that, that orphanage as well. So thank you to everyone who came out and participated. We had a sold-out screening, and we had a line out the door all day, uh, Sunday, our first day open. And I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who contributed in, in some way. 
which uh, actually leads me to what we're doing with this documentary. So, so the, the, our documentary, uh, which is called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things, it hits theaters in the U.S. and Canada um, on May 24th, 2016. And, man, we are so excited. So we started filming this thing, like, at the end of, of 2013. And we've spent more than two years curating this thing. We went out and we interviewed neuroscientists and musicians and artists and minimalist families and architects and people who live in tiny homes and psychologists and psychotherapists and all of these different people who had all these different perspectives on more intentional living, on simple living, on what it means to live a meaningful life with less stuff. And so we interviewed all these people, and our director, who is phenomenal, his name is Matt Diavella, he has helped us make the most amazing film. And we're so grateful and so excited to finally bring it out there to you on May 24th. But before it hits theaters, Ryan and I are going to hit the road, and we're going to 14 cities. We just announced the tour this week. And a lot of those tickets are selling out fast. So if you want to see us and the film, and we're going to host a special live hashtag Ask the Minimalist version of, of our podcast at each of these events, you can go to theminimalists.com slash tour, and you can find out about that all 14 events and, and see if we're coming to a city close to you. If we're not coming to a city close to you, I have good news for you. You can still request a screening of our documentary in your city. We already have dozens and dozens of screenings all over the country that are, that are already planned. But if there isn't a screening near you, that's okay. You can request your own screening. You can find all the details about requesting your own screening over at minimalismfilm.com slash watch. We have a lot of people who are really excited about seeing this, and so we're going to get this in as many communities as possible. And then after the U.S. release, we're also planning a Canadian release as well as an an Australian theatrical release. And after that, uh, if you're not in the U.S., Canada, or Australia, don't worry, We are uh, looking for distribution overseas. Uh, Some of the laws make it uh, kind of complex, the the film laws in other countries. But we're we're working really hard to bring this film to you. So whether that's going to be in a local theater near you or it's going to be in or uh, via online, it's really going to it's going to find its way to you eventually. So stay tuned to that. We'll have all the information at theminimalists.com. And, uh, of course, every Tuesday, we, uh, the last couple months, we've done something called Tuesdays with the Minimalists. And you can ask us questions live every single Tuesday on Twitter and Periscope. If you want to join in there, you can find us every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter and Periscope. And uh, finally, I have a, a workshop, a writing workshop. So most of you probably know that I, I teach an online writing class. It's a I call it a semester, but really you can do it in four weeks if, if you're really diligent. But um, I understand that, A, that is cost prohibitive for, for many people, and also it's time prohibitive for, for many people. They just don't have the time to invest. And so I'm doing a, a one-day workshop on February 7th. And I, I originally wanted to make this a free workshop, but I had to end up charging 20 bucks for it because we had to pay for the, the webinar software. And also um, my adjunct professor... 
Sean Mahalik is helping me out with a lot of the details, and I want to make sure that he got compensated as well. So it's 20 bucks. If you can't afford that, I totally understand. Uh, don't worry. You can you can email Sean, and we'll see if we can get you a special one-day scholarship. So um, you can find all the details at howtowritebetter.org. I also have a bunch of write, free writing resources there, whether it's the, the daily writing tips on Facebook and Twitter, or we have a really great newsletter at howtowritebetter.org as well. That's all I've got for you right now. A lot of exciting stuff going on. I'm so looking forward to sharing this film with you. And if you have a question for our podcast or a regular episode of this podcast, of course, you can give us a call, 406-219-7839. We have a bunch of awesome questions that we're getting ready to answer in the coming weeks. And uh, you can also ask us questions on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Just use the hashtag AskTheMinimalists. Hey guys, this is Jonelle Shaw from Oak Park, Illinois, and I had a few questions. The first is, when you speak about eliminating excess, what are your cues to recognize when you've gone too far? Um, the other is, when I'm investing my time in tasks and causes that I love and I find value in, um, I tend to overcommit. So do you have any suggestions on minimizing schedules and duties? How would you politely say no? How can I avoid finding um, myself spread too thin? Uh, Today's conversation is about priorities. And it's it's a a very weird word. We've talked about this briefly in the past, but until... uh, So there's a book. There's a book by um, Gregory McEwen called Essentialism. It's a business book. And and this is where I learned this from. But he, he, he talked about there are... A bunch of uh, ways to talk about what we focus on, and and one of the things that that we do is we talk about what our our priorities are, and the extreme example is the United Nations has a list of their I think it's something like a hundred and sixty three priorities. It's about five more priorities than I have. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I you know I think that that. We, we use this word priority to mean, like, this is what's important to me. But when you have 163 priorities, what that really tells me is that you don't have any priorities at all. In fact, this word priority was never used other than a, a singular word, priority, yeah. until the 20th century. Yeah, it's such a – it's a word that we just, like, throw around. Like, these are my priorities. My yeah. health is my priorities, my – well, and, and that's a weird thing, too, because then we give lip service to these priorities. Right. And, and we say, like, this is important. I mean, can, can you think about when, when you were working back in, uh, in the corporate world and we gave lip service to so yeah. many things? One of my biggest priorities was my health, but yet I was eating fast food every single day, if not every single day, every other day. Uh, and uh, instead of going to the gym after work, I was going to happy hour and racking up uh, big bar tabs. But yeah, health was right up there with my priorities for sure. Yeah, but you had Coors Light, <laughs> right? Right, that's, right. That's healthy. I drank light beer, so that made it a little bit healthier. It's fine. Yeah, no, I it, it's it, it's crazy because we we say that we have priorities. We say that the people closest to us really matter. That we love them. We say that we want to focus on what we're passionate about. For me, my priority, what I said was a priority, was writing. I'd always wanted to write, write fiction in particular. And, and so I spent most of my 20s as an aspiring writer, which really just meant that 
I aspired a lot, but didn't do a whole lot of writing. I aspired all over the freaking place, but I didn't get anything written. And that's because when something gets difficult, we tend to move on to the next thing. And we get so stuck in our ways. And we we say, you know what, I am a writer in my head, but I'm not actually a writer by by practice. And I think there's so many things we want to do, so many things we want to make a priority. Yeah. But our priorities are really how we spend our our days. It's what we do. It's yeah, how we spend our time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's funny, I'll catch myself now if I get on to our our last episode was about about technology and and social media and you know, I I'm certainly far from perfect and I'll get on to Instagram and get lost in that that sea of, of photos and, and double tapping photos and stuff like that. And in fact, sometimes I just remove it from my phone altogether because I have to. And, and the, the founder of, of Instagram said it was visual crack. That's why. It, and that, it totally makes great, sense. Yeah. <laughs> and so that crack, that metaphorically or, or literally, and for, for someone who's, who's a drug addict. It's a great description for it. It becomes their, it becomes their priority. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I think the way to to get around that is to figure out what our actual priorities are and then reallocate our time and and schedule our time toward the things that we find meaningful in life. And so instead of aspiring to write, as I did most of my 20s, and I would do it haphazardly, I'd spend a few hours here, I'd get really excited about an idea for a week, but then I wouldn't actually put in the time to do it. I eventually had to find the time. And I was working 80 hours a week, as, as you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to write. Well, I just, instead of getting up at 5.45 a.m., I started getting up at, at 4.45 a.m., and I wrote for an hour every single morning. This is probably a question that one of our readers has. I know it's a question that I have. So when you started to get up at 4.30 a.m., yeah. what was the emotional leverage? How did you, how did you flip that switch? Yeah, I, I think it, it ultimately has to do with pain or, or pleasure, right? I mean, yeah. I had previously associated pain with getting up an hour earlier because I need that extra hour of sleep. And, of course, it's painful to get up earlier and be tired. And I don't necessarily advocate getting less sleep. I think sleep is very important for your health, and, and we can certainly talk about that. But for me, I needed to find that extra hour. And so having enough pain associated with not this lack of sleep, but the lack of writing, the lack of doing what I wanted to do, the lack of cultivating something that I was passionate about, the lack of not being able to call myself a, a writer in earnest mm-hmm. was more painful than that extra hour of of, of sleep, uh, of missing that extra hour of sleep. And also, ultimately, it was about associating pleasure with the activity itself. Writing for me was, I mean, at the very beginning, 80% of it, and I'm sure you're going through this now because of the book you're writing. Yeah. When I was writing, I want to put my head through the wall yeah. 80% of the time. It was just like this exercise in drudgery. And I needed that, though, to get to the other 20%, which was the real the real payoff. Well, eventually that, that changes over time as you get better and you get into these patterns. And I don't know how much of this you've, you've found, but I went from 80% being miserable to 70% being miserable. I'm still at about the 80-20 mark. But, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, and over time, I eventually got to where I was about 50-50, and it's never gotten better than 50-50 for me. But I, I kind of realized that that's where I need to be is – 
I need for it to be this tedious, mundane process sometimes so that I can create something that I can use to pan for gold is, is the metaphor that I, that I tend to use, is finding a, a place that there's a bunch of sediment and rock and garbage there, but then there's actually some gold in it as well. And that's, that's the beauty. That's the, that's the payoff. But making that a, a priority was just so difficult for me at first until I realized that I, I needed to associate enough pain with not doing it and enough pleasure with the result I would get. Uh, furthermore, I needed to, to check what my actual priorities were. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was incessantly checking email all day from the moment I woke up until the moment my head hit the pillow, my BlackBerry, BlackBerry at the time, was just on all day. And there was really no way for me to avoid that because I had conditioned myself to not avoid it. So my real priority was incessantly checking email. Mm -hmm. It was uh, getting on Facebook. It was pacifying myself that extra hour I had at the end of the day with, with television. But then I forsook all the things that were actually important. And so... Figuring out what my priorities were was first figuring out what, what do I want to make a priority? Right. And then how do I spend my time right now? Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point earlier when you were talking about Instagram, how sometimes you get into those habits, you get into those social media Bermuda triangles, and all of a sudden this has become your priority without you even realizing it. Sure. And just to consistently do something off of impulse and not to check ourselves like that, to ask ourselves like, okay, as I'm sitting here pacifying myself, and I still do this uh, today, like as I'm sitting here pacifying myself, is there anything else that I need to work on right now? Is there anything else I should be replacing this activity with that I have committed to myself to do? And I would say too that the commitment part, that's the hardest part to to making any priority a priority. Uh, just like with you getting up at 4.30, committing to that, um, with me uh, changing my diet, uh, getting to the gym you know, three to five times a week, uh, I've success- successfully been able to do that 50 out of 52 weeks <laughs> last year. Um, but but it, was, it was all about uh, making that my priority and getting started. And I will say that, what do they say, 21 days to build a habit? Or, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, I'll say, you know, it didn't even take me 21 days really to see the benefits of getting to the gym regularly. Uh, but yeah, getting started is definitely the hardest part, but the, the, the commitment is, is, is definitely the most important part. When I'm, when I'm stuck in it too, when it, so if I, I do have, you know, using that same analogy there with, with Instagram, uh, same example mm-hmm. rather, with Instagram, uh, we were out during Christmas time. We were in Minneapolis uh, talking to Patrick Rohn. We were, were filming that that last interview for our, the theatrical uh, release of our documentary, and Patrick said something that was really valuable to me. And I've asked this question, but not in the same way. Uh, by the way, Patrick is, wrote a book called Enough, and, and he talks about you know what is enough in our lives. And and one of one of the things that that he asked is is this where this belongs? And man, if I'm asking that question about going through you know, 
Instagram or or getting on to my email. Like even even if I get onto my email, like if I did it right now, it wouldn't belong here, right? I'm I'm trying to do have this conversation with right. you. We're trying to record a podcast. If I'm sitting over here checking email, something doesn't belong. <laughs> And that's obvious in a situation like this. Right. But I think we see it all the time now with these – you go to Chipotle or something and, and we're, you're standing in line and you're the only person who isn't buried in their phone. Unless you are buried in your phone, then you don't realize it like me. Sometimes I will look up from my screen and I'll say, wait a minute, what am, does this belong? Is this where this belongs? And sometimes it's yes. Maybe I really do need to respond to someone while I'm waiting in line. But do I really? Is this where this belongs? And so maybe that's a good question for us to ask ourselves when we're trying to figure out what our priorities are. And I think our priorities are ever-shifting, right? I mean, last year recording a podcast was not our priority. We, We talked about doing it, but... It was only after you know so many people kept tweeting or or uh, sending us postcards or whatever, saying, "When are you guys going to start a podcast?" And and then you know now we're getting people saying, "I've never listened to podcasts before, but I'm listening to yours." Mm-hmm. And and we knew that this would be a vehicle for us to add value to other people's lives. And because you and I both find so much value in contribution, I feel like that this was right to make this a priority. But in order to make this a priority, something else has to be removed from the table. Yeah, that's a really good point. So our priority, uh, we knew it would be a priority. Um, but my question to you would be, you know, how how can our listeners, how can they figure out not only what their priorities are, uh, but what priorities should they start with? Because that, I mean, that's kind of a, a conundrum in itself, right? Like, great, I've got health, relationships, cultivating passions, growing, contributing. That's awesome. Right. But you can't focus on five things at once. You can't focus on 163 things at once. It sure. just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Totally, totally agree how, with how that. How were you able to, to focus on, 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 on your own writing? How did you pick writing as your priority to focus on first? Right. And, and so those five things you mentioned, uh, health, relationships, passion, growth, contribution. After you know, several years of sort of having conversations like this, we decided, okay, these are our five values. These are the things that are sort of the higher order values for us. And it was about picking one thing at a time and 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 slowly making progress mm. on that one thing. Yeah. And I found that, you know, it's, it's just like when you get good at juggling, you can eventually add, you know, an additional object into an additional chainsaw. Doing. Right. right. <laughs> and so these are the five chainsaws of living a meaningful <laughs> life. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you soon. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it.
So take your eyes away Or take 